Hey there, leaders of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to Heart of a Leader. My name is Michael Wilbo, and as always, I'm my lovely co-host, Christina Foxwell. Hey, Christina. Hey, Wilbo. Hi, everybody out there. It's such a pleasure to have you with us this morning, and we're recording for the first time on a Saturday morning. Yes, a rainy Saturday outside, but um, we've got a really good topic and a really valuable sort of topic to, to really unpack as part of our next quest. And what we're going to talk through today is understanding your leadership value. Now, if you think about this in the current context, um, we're going through a global pandemic with COVID-19. Um, we've got a global recession. Some leaders are going to be finding themselves through no fault of their own um, going from being focused on leading teams, businesses, to now shift and pivot and having to be focused on leading themselves because they may be in a position where they've been found um, uh, to be made redundant and are looking for that next opportunity. So that's a big shift to go from being a leader of a business and people to then sort of having that introverted um, analysis on looking for next and how are you going to go after that next role and and a lot of leaders um, usually are in gigs for a long period of time so it might be a, a long time ago that you had to go through this process so I thought that's a really good way for us to sort of unpack a topic that can add some value um, in this current climate to really guide people So I sort of start with, if we're going through a recruitment process, because a lot of leaders would spend time, and you would know this, Christina, yes. um, interviewing a lot of people and bringing people into their teams, but not rarely doing it on themselves. So right. what do you look for? Where do you start when, when you're having people coming through and, and wanting to join your business or the leaders that you work for? What are those qualities that stand out that if you're in a recruitment process that you'd identify with? So there's two things. I think, as you were saying that, I was just having many things go off in my brain. Number one, I will never hire a victim. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry to say it so boldly, but sometimes we carry our pain from our past experience around with us. And when we come into the recruitment process, we're so angry still. Um, and it actually scares and I'm going to say this, the living crap out of the person who's interviewing you because they're not quite sure how you will bring that energy into their business. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting because we don't realize it. Sometimes we are either really excited to get out, but we haven't made peace with why we got out or we have been uh, let go of because of the pandemic, because of business operations, because of change and shit like that happens in our day-to-day all the time uh, and we feel not good enough and shame yeah and if we carry that with us into an interviewing process it becomes like a weird odor in that interviewing frame the questions you show aren't questions from your authentic peaceful self they're questions from defending and protecting yourself that the way you answer them and that's why i say i will very rarely hire a victim 
because you can see that coming through with with people at times you're doing it's it's like that defensive mechanism that comes across as a little bit more so than assertiveness and confidence it it crosses that line into into a, a aggression and hostility mm. because they're taking out their prior frustrations when a when a topic or a statement or a question just triggers um an, an emotional state that they've gone through in the past absolutely and then the other thing i'll often say is we start overcompensating so they'll ask us a question for example on uh, how would you deal with this situation? And the trigger goes off to your point, uh, Wilbo. And then I, I almost feel like I have to prove my worthiness through that question. So I can't answer it from a peaceful place. I'm actually answering it from a place of, well, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what, and, and, and it becomes like a shield that you carry. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I agree. And I think that I've sort of spent um, a fair amount of time thinking about what are those qualities that I look for when people are coming through and what do I want to see demonstrated? And, and I sort of labeled it uh, the candidate eight um, oh. of just sort of, of just sort of eight um, key areas. And look, the sequence will be interesting um, to those leaders listening who are going through this process because one thing we're going to find um, as we go through um, looking for new opportunities, if you've been let go from, from your current one, yes. is organisations that are going to be very, very um, insular, other industrial category. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have those proactive organisations that are looking to change up the dynamic and bring in different skills, bring in different disciplines from other industries. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I sort of go through the candidate eight, um, number one, energy. Um, mm. and, and that's sort of akin to what you've just said then. If you're bringing sort of a, of a, of a negative energy or a hostile energy, energy yeah. is that part that sort of permeates um, out of you, whether yes. you think you're containing it or not. Mm. The second point for me is commitment. Um, mm. Are they committed to the process, to the company? Um, what, what understanding have they gotten um, of the business that they can actually convey that shows that level of commitment. So it's not just a coming in and a dumping of this is what I've done. So therefore you need this. It's that, it's that connection piece that then triggers into number three, which is enthusiasm. Um, yes. I want to see vibrancy. I want to see passion because it's that, it's that energy commitment, enthusiasm combo that are the things that at this point in time, I still haven't figured out in my career that I can teach. Everything that. else I can pretty much teach yet, but I can't teach those things. Number four is desire. Mm. So I, I have a phrase and you know that I use it with my teams all the time is I need you to want it as much as me. So yes. I want to see that from a candidate coming through the, the front door going, I want to see that hunger. I want to see that yeah. passion. Um, I want to see that desire. And then interestingly, when we get to point five, that's when I'm getting to technical capability. So out of the eight criteria that I've got, I get to point five where you start to get into the, the specifics of the role. Can I actually and it's do sequenced. it? Yeah, it's sequenced in that way because, look, you've got to have the skills to do the gig. But mm. to me, that's not the most important ingredient. Mm -mm. Those other elements are equally as important. And then to round out the eight, number six is adaptability. I think in this day and age, um, those that are, have got a more of an open mind and a fluidity to be able to change and adapt 
um, are going to be the ones that are going to be more successful and more valuable to organizations. Yeah. Number seven is learning agility. Um, I think that's an that's a incredibly important um, element that we can all possess. How quickly can you pivot? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is a team player. Uh, so how good are you at collaboration? Uh, and remembering, and this is going to be an important shift for any leaders that are listening to this that are in this job market at the moment, which can be positioned as an employer's market because it's really shifted into, into their favour, yes. is you've gone running teams, creating your own culture with your own environment, what you've now got to be able to um, convey in a, in a recruitment setting is how are you that team player and how can you build that dynamic to add value to that organization? So they're the sort of the eight points that I sort of look for, which is a, is a lot more, I'm trying to look for more um, how they're saying things and what they're doing necessarily than the words that are coming out of the mouth or the description. I'm trying to, to sort of open the, the door to look inside to see what type of person am I getting um, and how can they actually add some value to my world? Nice. So is it okay if I unpack some of those things? Please. I think energy we've unpacked, but energy, I want to use this thought. Energy for me is the presence within, not the presence or the power over. Okay. So if I've come into, a, uh, if I'm coming into an interview, I, 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 I'm not there to prove how well I am going to control things. Yeah. I'm there to be. And actually we know through the research around authenticity and all that sort of stuff, the more present we are and the more comfortable we are for the interviewer to, to really see who we are, the more likely our energy is focused on our, you know, just presence versus presentation maybe is the word. Nice. Okay. Presence versus presentation. I like that. Okay. Second one, commitment for me um, is, is, is critical. Uh, I have written here connection as you were running through commitment. Yeah. Mm. I need to be able to be connected to my interviewer. And by the way, this is not like likable connection. This links to the previous one about being present versus being presenting. What do you think? It's meaningful connection, meaningful, meaningful. connection that adds value. And you know what? Maybe saying, I have had an, a really tough experience. I'm honest with you. How I'm working with it is I'm choosing to let go of the things that didn't serve me and I'm choosing to learn. Yeah, that comes down to that that learning agility, right? So I've been Absolutely. through some things. Use it as a positive growth experience rather than sort of a weight or a burden that you're carrying. Nice. So with that, I'm going to talk about a shame bag. Okay. okay. What's that? Nice. I've been using this more and more. And actually, my husband told me this morning to put a shame bag down because I responded to something last night, which I shouldn't have the way I did. <laughs> Uh, but it's a really nice analogy to think in our life. We've had experiences that have created great shame for us. Shame is the reflection that I am not good enough versus that I either have not done something that I could have done differently. So it's different to guilt. Shame is a reflection on me. Okay. A shame bag is when I've gone through the most awful experience, but I haven't taken it as I haven't been able to step into perspective. I've actually taken it as a direct reflection on me. 
okay? And that to me is that shame bag. So that gets in the way of connection because I'm trying to present something that I might not be. That's the first thing. Or I'm trying to get you to see me differently to who I am. I know we had a technical breakdown there, so I'm going to re-scope. Re Did you hear anything of my shame bag, Wilbo? Nothing after the word shame bag. All right. Damn, you know, this internet is being our friend today. <clears throat> so I'm just going to recap because this is important. The experiences I have that make me feel unworthy of love and acceptance is shame. And if I've been let go from a role yes. that I feel I should not have been let go of because I was good enough, I experience shame. And if I keep living in that shame, I bring that to the interview, which creates a barrier between me and the opportunity. Um, it doesn't give me positive energy because I'm pushing out to be influencing versus just to be. Um, and it takes away from my leading, learning agility because I'm so freaking sensitive about everything. Frozen again. So, Wilbo, question I have for you. Are you back? I'm back. I'm back. Question I have for you. Okay. <laughs> have you ever had an experience of intense shame where you've had to actually let it go before you could step into another interview? Look, the, the part that I sort of made peace with and, and really got to understand is, is that you you have a fixation and you have this, um, I guess, this place of ownership with any role that you're with and you don't consider it um, until the end um, of whatever that journey is, whether it's by your own doing or, or others, that it's just, think of a, of a train going along the tracks. It's just a station. Um, yeah. that you'll pass and go through. It's not an end state. So I think that a lot of that, um, that, and really look, it's a breakup, right? It's a, it's a long-term relationship that you're breaking up with. So you're going to sort of process all of those feelings um, around why, why me, what happened, what did I do? But I think that the pivot that people can look at rather than looking at, look, what happened, why it's like, what have I learned? What yes. have I achieved? What have I accomplished? And then how am I going to use that as equity to find the next station that I'm going to spend some time at along the train tracks. Beautiful. And I think if you start to look at it more as a, as a transient relationship and not in a, in a bad way, but in a good way, because it's just a moment in time. Now that moment in time might be two years, five years, 10 years, but it's just a moment in time in your professional career. So that, for me is an easier way to sort of put the weight down and sort of let the baggage go because you can look at it in terms of what would they going to package those things up, know that I'm bigger, better, better, stronger and use those as, as ammunition to go into my next chapter. Mm. Because they're the important pieces that I think people need to do and, and conduct that 
the key part for everyone, and, and this is why I love what you mentioned with the shame bag and people processing and, and projecting sometimes sort of, of negative energy or unwarranted energy on a new employer or potential employer mm. is you've got to conduct that professional reflection. Mm. And that's processing this information about where you've been, what you've done, what's happened, but where are you over the journey of your career? Where are you at now? Where do you want to be? And what does that look like? And be specific. So do you actually have a, a consideration set of, of roles that you're looking for at this point in time? What you feel, where do you really know yourself well enough mm. to be able to articulate the value? And that's the big challenge and the big question I want to pose to everybody listening. When you're going into um, an interview, um, typically you're considering it as a one-sided affair, which is all about you. So you come in there and you dump all your greatest hits that you've ever done. I've, I've made 4 billion percent to budget. I've, I've undefeated, I've never missed a budget in 50 years and I've done this and it's all me, 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 me. And the filter that I want people to process within this, and this is important, I want you to think about what problem are you solving for that potential employer? Mm. Have you thought about it from their perspective? And the, the phraseology I use with that is, would you buy you? Nice. So can you actually understand your value in such a way that you can still get out your greatest hits and why you're awesome, but do it under the lens of this is your problem. This is how I understand your problem. And this is how me coming here is going to help you solve those problems. It should be all about them, not about you. Beautiful. I love that. Because we are better together. If it's about me, people don't actually enjoy that. They do not actually enjoy that because they're not sure of your intent. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, are you going to come in there and expect to be the king? Is that how you're going to present yourself? Are you going to take over? Is it going to be all or nothing, all about you? Or are you going to walk into the organization? And you said the ideal team player. I remember years ago when I was working with your team as they were going through transformation, um, and it was a really painful time. We had different players in your team. And I was thinking about what will make this better. And I went and did research. Patrick Lencioni has a book called The Ideal Team Player. And in that book, he actually talks about three characteristics, humble, hungry, and smart. And I think humble is the hardest one. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not sort of, a, it's not usually a go-to place. Uh, we sort of grow up that the more we sort of, put brag points out there are things the more attention that we get and when we get into that, to that business exchange what we're trying to really do is is getting the slipstream we're trying to say look i can add some firepower to your organization to help you slash us achieve more Together. and that's why you and i reference a lot of um sort of military references because they have that same ethos like it's not rambo running out the front of every battle that they do it's the unit working together as one. And that's that sort of the we over me um, mentality that, that if you take that into an interview environment, 
that is going to resonate much more with a potential employer than coming in as that brag point and saying, look, this is why I'm awesome. I know. And isn't that hard? Because you hit an interview and your um, flight, flight or freeze goes off in your brain and suddenly you're in survival mode. So you just have to tell them all the good stuff about you so that they will accept you. And this is an interesting sort of lens for people to consider, right? So have you ever considered an interview? And if you're going for one a couple of days after you hear this, maybe just try this approach. Enter it as a business consultant. Beautiful. Not a recruitment interview. Beautiful. So start to actually use your skills and powers to run it as a mini consultancy session, trying to understand what the plight is of the individual you're in front of. Um, what the organization is facing. I mean, look, we're going through, like we said, economic recession, global pandemic. You've got to think and act differently. If you're going to approach a, a recruitment market that is loaded towards the employer's side, um, you're going to be in for a really long, hard, drawn-out battle. But if you think and act differently, when was the last time you had an external interview? It might be a long, long time ago. So consider what's changed and evolved now consider that we are dealing with a recession and COVID-19, which means there's a lot more competition for every role. So mm -hmm. you've got to evolve your channel, your talents, and the way that you narrate your professional story to keep pace with that. Because I don't really care whether it's a global pandemic um, or it's a recession or a whatever. There might be more people applying for jobs. So previously, like, I don't know, 12 months ago, mm -hmm. there might be 50 people that are shortlisted for a job and maybe you're up with... 300 people but do you know what the common denominator is yeah. you're always going to get down to a final five mm. four three two and someone gets picked mm. so all you've got to do is stand out in that filtration process and then it's the same same because there's always going to be two or three that they're picking between and that doesn't matter whether there's a recession or not whether it's an employer's market or not so if you can actually change your lens to be more of a consultant you're going to stand out because that whole interview experience is going to be so different from what they're used to. You're going to stand out. It's a clever way to actually go about things. And I will say this, the best consultants are the people that walk in and really listen. Yeah. They listen and they are peaceful. And when they respond, they're responding on, and this is beautiful because you said this earlier and I like thinking about this. What do I have that when I give it to you, there's value. And I can only yeah. what's valuable if you've told me you need it. And the part that you want to break down with that further, it's like, it's because I, I do, do want to showcase my talents and I do want to showcase my experience, but you want to do it under how am I doing that articulating value? Like that's the exchange. How do I connect the value of what I'm doing, which is me talking about what I have done, but you're putting it under a different context, which is all about them and helping them do things differently, better. And that's how people can also get across some of those um, transferable skill elements with people going, look, you're not from within my industry. So look, I've got, I've got a small interest in what you can do, but I'm going to default to what I know and like because mm. I need someone that's from legal or from media or from whatever. Mm. If you're going from that consultancy point, you can gather out all of those pain points and all of those areas why they think that way. 
then you've got ammunition to position and put back to go, have you thought about it in this way, how these skills could actually tackle these problems in a different way with a different mindset to get a different outcome? Or are you happy with the same outcome at the moment? Because that outcome is not so good from the conversation that we're having. So you're wanting to pivot. What better way to pivot than to bring somebody in that can add this level of value to your organization? I like that, but and and not but what I'm hearing is an agile mindset in that conversation. An agile mindset, which means I have to say this you're not right and they are wrong. This is not a me versus we. This is not a uh, I need to prove that I am good enough. You've actually got to walk in there knowing that in yourself, you have everything you need to be good enough. What you are doing in that moment is you are connecting your value to their needs. And I do 100%. want to say this. I want to say this to you very clearly to everyone out there. If you are doing that need evaluation, think of it that way, that connection piece, and you actually sitting in front of this organization and thinking, no, 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 no. I can sell myself in here, but there's some stuff they want that I don't necessarily have. Please don't sell yourself into that space because have you ever seen something, someone that's trying to pretend they are something, but they are not? It is, it is a horrible experience, you know, because sometimes we're really good yeah. at selling ourselves into something. It's not about that. It's about, and, I, and this is a John Maxwell uh, passion quote. It says, what are your skills, gifts, and talents that when you give it away, someone else is more? That nice. is, I like that. That is, in, that is incredibly important. That's really, really good. And I think that that sort of jumps in. So I know, I know Simon Sinek is a favorite of yours and mine. And that sort of okay. goes quite nicely into one of his that I really like is that people don't buy what you do. They buy what, why you do it. And that's thing. So if you start talking about what you believe, you'll attract more of those people that believe the same thing you do. So in that environment, you've got to, it's really difficult because we're conditioned to how to operate in a recruitment in interview sort of environment. You've got to strip that away. And if you can make it authentic um, and talk about what your belief points are, what your passion points are, not just what you do, which is the achievements, the wins, the brag points, but it's why you do it which comes back to having a very clear understanding of who you are, what value you bring and what you're looking for. I mean, to sit there in front of a potential employer and say, I've selected you for these reasons, bang, bang, bang. Then they actually help me achieve what I'm looking for as my goals in the next step of my career, which are one, two, three, four, five. It starts to become a more well thought out submission about alignment fit um and your capability rather than just coming in with sort of bravado and bluster and trying to sort of just arm wrestle your way through it that's that's going to be a change that people need to consider in this climate and i, I want to say this so i have a hr-ish human capital background when i left investment banking that's where i went i was in recruitment for three years and in south africa we didn't have we had a lot of people looking for jobs and not a lot of jobs, which yeah. is very similar to where we're heading now. Okay. Absolutely. What I needed to see was 
I needed to see that people had looked at the ad, had put their head through the, through, through the cloud and actually gone, this is what you're looking for. This is what I have. Um, and this is why I'd like you to look at my resume. Mm. Yeah. Please don't send a resume without a covering letter. That is really not wise. When I've recruited, if there's no covering letter, I don't even speak to you. Yeah, if, I agree. If your covering letter is generic, I don't speak to you either. If your covering letter is, say, for example, I'm looking for a sales leader and you are an IT specialist. Why would you apply for that role? Yeah, you've got to be able to articulate that, that point why. And the part that I talk about with that too is that when you break that down, you've got to see what is the affinity that I have with that. And that's why I talk about that value proposition. If you can understand, even if you're wrong, but you've spent the time to predict or analyze the potential challenges that that environment is going through at the moment, and then you're articulating that within your cover letter. The reason for my application is I can see from the outside in that A, B, and C is happening within your industry. From my experience, when you do own and I would love an opportunity to talk with you I think you you've got the freedom and the ability to actually have a little bit of fun show your personality but like you said don't be vanilla don't be generic actually make it stand out and be meaningful and I'm, I want to say this really clearly to everybody out there you've got to know what you have You've got to know what you have in order to make it meaningful. Because this is part of the problem. People don't know what we have to give away. What is our value? And this was part of our entry that we started our conversation on today. It was understanding your leadership value. So I, I think this is key. What do you think, Wilbur? I, I want to really double down on that point because when we sort of look at some of the key parts of, of how can you actually articulate your professional value, and I'm not talking about your CV, mm -hmm. and this takes a lot of time to craft and mm -hmm. go, what are your drivers? What are your core beliefs? What have your experience that adds value? Mm -hmm. What are your goals? What's your blueprint? So, how do you lead teams and businesses? Do you have a framework? Do you have a structure that you go to? Because if you can't articulate those things and you just go, look, I just do what I do because that's just how I do it. That's not going to add confidence. That's not going to get you further through the process of, of an interview. And I spent a lot of time um, refining and working on that over the past several years to the point where if someone said to me now, um, who are you and what do you do? My response is simple. I'm a people and performance architect. Hmm. And that's it. But it also creates a platform to have a more broad leaning in conversation where they go, hmm, okay, tell me more about that. Because for me, people and performance are the two things that I get excited about. So I've gone through and filtered out my 20 plus years of media experience, leading teams, doing all that sort of stuff down to basically three words hmm. so that's the challenge i would put to leaders listening going through this sort of this transformation and this change themselves to go 
how well do you know what you do and how well can you articulate it in a very succinct and powerful way that makes people more inquisitive to learn more? Absolutely. I have an activity for everybody out there. I need you to drive to Officeworks today or scratch in your cupboard. Uh, I need you to get a post-it notepad. I'd like you to get those really big ones. Get some markers and I want you to find a wall in your house that your partner will be more than comfortable for you to stick sticky notes on. Okay, <laughs> else get, a, get yourself one of those cheap hot dollar shop uh, corkboards. Okay, and I want you to sit down and write down the things you have that you know you're good at, that you love doing, that make a difference and put them on there. And then you need to percolate in that. By the way, that's my grandson downstairs. So, you know, this is one of those days, the cat's mouth, the, the internet's been crazy. This is when Wilbo and I know that the message we're giving you today is important. If it's hard to deliver, it's important. Yeah. Um, get yourself that, sit down there and put down even the traits you have what you're passionate about, why you do what you do, the best roles where you, where you have brought your best, what did that look like? Because when you do that, you start getting super clear about what you have. And then to your point, Wilbo, you can start really qualifying the processes, the approaches, the things you did that made that come to life. Yeah, that's a great, great tip. Cause it, it's a process, right? It's a, it's not something you can sit down for three seconds and go, right, I've got it. It's, it's a constant refinement until you get to that real introspective, go deep inside and go, that's what I enjoy. Because at the end of the day, no matter what salary you can negotiate, even if it's a 200% increase, mm. you'll get accustomed to that. Mm. You'll, you, your lifestyle will go to that level. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's going to be you and the job, you and the role, you and the tasks that have to be done on a daily basis. So are you at one with that? Is that in your wheelhouse? And we've mentioned this on previous podcasts, the, the benefit people getting an opportunity to reset, rethink and reshape their future. And that's the positive part of looking at a, at a fairly substantial negative in a global pandemic. So start to use this time to go introspectively, look at yourself, look at what you enjoy, look at where your strengths are, and then find out, seek out, make a list on those poster notes as well of the type of organizations, the type of roles that are available out there that you think you would be good at. And this is the combination of blending those two pieces together um, that could make all the difference um, in happiness and performance in your next role because one can't exist without the other. And I want to, I want to pick up on what you said. The title is not what makes the role. Exactly. Please hear me clearly as a business leader. I'm, I'm going to say this. I have shat out titles sometimes to try and capture something. It's, that's not made the role. What's made the role is what it does, the skill sets required, how it comes to life. That's what makes the role. And I think we're at this stage of existence as a human race that we've got to get our head out of the title. Yeah. We've got to get our head into the value, 
you know, what it pays, will I be able to live on it? Will it create joy for me? Can I grow it? Is this part of what I love? You know, and I think it's time. Yeah, uh, look, I, I'd even take that to a, to another level that sort of maybe melt a few, a few brains listening to this one is that nobody gives a shit what you do for a living mm. other than you. Exactly. Not your partner, not your best friend, not anybody else. There might be mild interest if you say, oh, I'm, I'm the, the general manager of Coca-Cola and people go, oh, that's interesting. That's where it ends. It's just you and the role at the end of the day. So don't get caught up into that sort of that ego moment of, yeah, people will see me in this. Find your truth. Find your comfort zone of where you want to be for you. I love that. it's just you and the role at the end of the day. Who cares what people think? We're past that stage. Yeah. But it's interesting how often we hang on to some of those things bring those things back um, which comes back to the shame bag right at times you might think that role's beneath me or that title is beneath me and it's like this is how it all comes together and manifests and you being able to be clear block out the noise and focus on what really matters is going to be the difference about you being noticed and being successful throughout a recruitment process i want to tell my story quickly when i got to australia 12 years ago uh in south africa i was leading a team across South Africa and I was doing projects into Africa Um, and I owned a beautiful home, two cars, man, I had the stuff happening for me. I was killing myself. I was working so hard. Yeah. I came to Australia. I actually wanted to live a different life. I came here, but I took on a role as a training and ops manager. I'm a business leader. You need to understand. I had the skills to do that job. But I felt frustrated because I couldn't see growth in that job because my natural instinct is I'm a catalyst of growth. That's what I do. Mm. Okay. So I sat in that role. I enjoyed it. I was just starting to come to life. The GFC hit and I was sliced. My furniture hadn't even arrived here from South Africa on the container yet. And I'd moved over with my two small children. I was in deep shit up to my eyebrows. And you know what I did? I said, all right, I have two weeks to get a job or I'm on a plane back. That's That's how severe it is. Come on, man. Isn't that a deadline? So I had to stick my pride in my pocket and I had to go, what am I good at? I'm good at sharing learning and organizational solutions. As you can hear, my grandson's having a good howl. Um, (laughs) And so what I did was I went and said, all right, there's different things I like. These are the companies that I know I could do a good work for immediately because I've always been able to put good learning and growth solutions together, organizational change. And then I got, I phoned my CEO from the company I worked for with in South Africa. We spoke about it. And she said, this, the Australian team need help at the moment in the same organization we're in. Would you be okay even if they offered you a role to just sell, not to lead? And I was like, whew, that's a very big question because these were my global peers. And now I have to report to them. I just want to share the story to give everybody out there some confidence. I took the role and within six months, I was leading a team. Within a year, I was leading an area and then I chose to move on. So I I want to encourage you that we've got to do what we're good at. And sometimes we've got to do what's needed. And the rest takes care of itself. 
Don't do you know what I love about? Ego. Do you know what I love about that <clears throat> is, regardless of the circumstances, you're in charge of your own destiny. Choice, yes. So no matter how dark the time feels at that point in in time, you're in charge of it. So don't let the the black clouds roll in. Start to be focused on what you want and what you're going to go after and go out and get it. Um, because sometimes like, and again, this is this full circle coming back to the top that you just don't want to be a victim of circumstance. Don't be a victim. You want to be a victor over circumstance. Yes. So change that mindset. So and that's probably a good segue into probably the final part of the, of the chat, it. which is I want everyone to also mentally for rejection because this isn't a one-shot win type of game this is going to be a little bit of a grind um, you're going to have to be prepared that you're not going to be right for all organizations um, they're going to go through processes are going to be lots of people to consider so you've got to think of it in the terms of this is just another learning opportunity another opportunity to refine how I approach the interview and the recruitment setting Yes. Um, and that it's not you, it's just the game and job seeking is a, just a quality numbers game. So you can't become discouraged by that. No. You've got to make sure that you're looking inward before you're looking outward and then analyze each performance and keep refining, keep refining your narrative, keep refining your story and get better along the way because the right role will happen at the right time. And it might not happen on your timeline but it will happen at the right time. Good. And with that, I want to say, practice some positive psychology. Do your gratitudes. Stay present. Don't live in the past. Please, 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 please stay in today. Yeah? Uh, be kind to other people. Focus on how you can be good to other people. Be kind to other people. Be kind to yourself. I like this word, redemption. Forgive yourself and others mm. for what's happened and choose to put the damn bag down because that creates freedom in your mind. And just remember this, and I want to close on this. You are worthy of being alive. You are worthy of existing. Everything in your life has made you perfect the way you are right now. Hold on to that and don't negotiate that as you go through the interviewing process. I love it. And remember, you only get one shot at this thing called life, so don't waste it. Live it, enjoy it, wrap your arms around it. Yeah, so I think that the final thought for me and I'll end on your final thought, Christina, is it doesn't really matter what you say or do, it matters how you make people feel. Correct. And if you're wanting to stand out and you're wanting to have a point of difference, Focus on being memorable. What do you, how would you summarize our chat today? That's exactly it. Be present in who you are. Be peaceful around what you bring. And be curious about what the world is going to give you. Be curious about your journey. Nice. Do you like that? Another good quest chat. All right, so we'll be back and we'll be back sooner rather than later. We've been on our hiatus. Uh, 
with babies and jobs and stuff, but we'll be back and we're going to be back more regularly. We want to empower you. And I think this is a good thing for us to work through as we are stepping through the pandemic and inspiring you as leaders to step into your future. Thanks, Wilbur. As always, what a pleasure. Do you want to say bye? Uh, Likewise. Thanks, Christina. (laughs) And we'll check in with you soon. Man, the internet. Stay connected. Bye.